Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Three great words. Free Fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 12-31-24. Excludes tax must update rewards. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Good Game, Nice Try. I'm your host, Aaron Blair, and with me as always, Sonia Reed. I, I, that's a dramatic pause. I, I, you know, I, I wanted the tension to build. Did you have to think about it? Well, I, I, did, I, I did check my notes. <laughs> I had to check my notes. And joining us today is Sanja, Sanja Reed. Well, you know, here's the thing, Sonia. Early on, <laughs> When we first started this podcast, uh, yourself, myself, and our fabulous producer, Jen Samples, who's here as well, mm-hmm. we dubbed ourselves the Golden Three, G3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, no, you guys are always top of mind. I'm thinking of you constantly. I never Aww. have to ever uh, think of you guys. Yeah, so Sonya, Sanja, so Jan, oh. let's do this. <laughs> uh, Jen, what's going on? So I have some big news because I finally made it topside. In Hades, which I've been working on. I'm not very good at video games. I love them, but I'm not very good at them. So it took me a lot of attempts. But I, so I'm going to tell you the story of how I got topside because I couldn't. I can't wait. I couldn't even enjoy it. And I also want to know. Okay, well, amazing. But I I also want to know in the end how many attempts did it take? Because I've just started, and I feel like I'm only maybe like ten attempts in. And I want to know what my future looks like. It's so embarrassing. It took me, I got so close so many times. It took me like 48 attempts. Okay. Which I feel like is a lot. I I have, have no scale. So <laughs> I have played way more times than that and I've never got topside. So well done. <laughs> Interesting. Well okay. Because I assumed that was a lot. So it was evening and my routine has become like play Hades at night to wind down. And it was a stressful week, so I was like, I was looking forward to it. And again, I've had like 40, 40, 45 attempts at this point, so I didn't expect to get topside. So what do I do to wind down? I take a gummy. <laughs> and so I, you know, take the gummy to wind down before bed and crawl yeah. in and start playing Hades, like my nighttime routine. And you know how sometimes when you're playing... You're surprised because, like, the run is going really well. Everything's falling into place. You hit your stride. And it's to the point now where a run will take about 45 minutes just because, you know, you know what to do each time. So it was falling into place. And as it was all falling into place, the gummy was hitting. And it's just a sleep (laughs) gummy. So it just. Oh, no. And I knew, I knew that I was, I was like, this could be it. But man, am I tired. But I can't. (laughs) Stop. You're fighting your eyelids. So I just had, I like, I had the bow and arrow and I, it was a fight to stay awake. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I, I beat it and I got topside. I was so out of it that I didn't even <laughs> fully like grasp the story of what happens. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, A, A. It was, it was more like, oh, okay. I can go to bed now. Like, I just totally like shot myself in the foot with it, but so I need to, I need to do it again and actually enjoy it. But I really didn't expect it to happen because it hasn't. And then of course, that's the one time. (laughs) I love how you were fighting for the run and also fighting your eyelids to stay out. I probably looked insane. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like a clockwork orange sort of, you know, keeping your eyes open. Yeah. So yeah. I am proud of you for making it. Thank you. It was, you know, you you persevered. I hope I can do it again. We'll see. <laughs> was there any part of you that when you woke up 
the next day you were like, did I just die on the first level and dream the rest of That's it? That's what, yes. I literally, <laughs> I was like, did that happen? Did that Did happen? I beat it? I had to like go and check. When you woke up the next and, day? I, and I, yeah, I beat it. I don't remember really what happened. So that's a real oh, bummer, no. but I did it to myself. So. <laughs> Can I tell you a similar uh, thing, which was yeah. the last time I, I, you know, I never, I never really, I'm, I'm, I'm a booze guy. I'm not really a weed guy, but I took like a, a weed gummy and I was like, ah, like sometimes I go back and read parts of my favorite books. <laughs> I know. On, on uh, weed gummies? Just generally, just generally. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. And so, yeah. and so, there's this book I really love called "Soon I Will Be Invincible." And so, I kind of take this weed gummy. I'm like, ah, and I get in bed, and I'm, I'm reading, and it hit, and it zonks me. Next thing I know, yeah, I like wake up, and like my something is like stuck to my face, and I'm like, what the? And I pull my face off. I had fallen. I had been reading the book. Oh. And I had fallen, my face had fallen onto the book and I had drooled so oh. much. Oh my God. The pages stuck together and stuck to my face. No. And so one of my favorite books is ruined because I was like, oh God, what the, <laughs> what's happening? Like it was, it was a dark moment. It was a dark moment in my life. And I was like, all right, well, oh, no. uh, just fully, you know, like lights are on. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, Those so. sneak up on you. It sneak up. It sneaks up on you. Well, Jen, I look forward to you getting topside of being able to enjoy it. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. And any tips you have for me? I mean, I already try to use the bow and arrow, but if you want to give Sonia and I tips on Hades, please. I could use it. Take a gummy. That's the only <laughs> thing that worked for me. Uh, well, our guest today is a cast member on the popular. Dungeons and Dragons series Critical Role, which just started its third campaign and it's fantastic so far. He's also voicing his D&D character in an upcoming Critical Role animated series. Yes, premiering next year on Amazon Prime. Here's our fantastic and dangerous interview with Sam Regal. We have had Liam, Matt, Laura, a, a bunch of the the, uh, the your fantastic Critical Role cast on, and you know we are just so excited to see Critical Role finally, I think, exploding into the mainstream as, as it should have been for the past few years. Uh, you know, I, how is it feeling to to finally kind of have this world opening up with this Amazon show and all these things? Uh, it feels great. I will. I will. I'll push back and say oh, oh. it should not have been entering the mainstream for years. It's it's crazy that we're entering the mainstream. It makes no <laughs> sense because we roll dice and play tabletop role-playing game nerdy stuff. That should not be in the mainstream. It should be shunned. We should be no. No. an obscure niche part of the internet. No one should watch our show. I'm pushing back. I'm pushing back on your You're push. You're pushing, pushing back on my pushback? Um <laughs> But you know, it's it's interesting. Like I don't know, I, and I've I've made I've said this before, but have you ever seen the movie The Last Waltz about the band? And it's a concert movie. Do you know about this at all? No. Wait. Okay. This is a, a, a like a documentary concert movie. Yes. Okay. Scorsese directed it. Oh, it's, I've heard whatever. of this. Yes. There's a great moment in it. Uh, this guy Levon Helm is saying Scorsese kind of asks him like like why did Elvis. Why did Elvis kind of get so popular? And Levon Helm says a thing, which is everyone kind of in their local communities was going to these like midnight rambles. And like on Friday nights, they drink and they dance and they do all, play this music and all this stuff. So when Elvis got on TV doing this dance and playing this kind of music, everyone in these local communities were like, that's what we do. This is what we do. And that's kind of why he blew up. That is what I liken Critical Role and D&D too. Because like, you know, I spent my entire high school career playing D&D with my friends at Denny's. And mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people in not only the US, but the world do. And now that's why it's so great to see you guys. You guys are like, in that way, doing what a lot of us have been doing for a long time. In that context, with that explanation and being compared <laughs> to Elvis, I accept your pushback. <laughs> I, I accept your pushback. You have put, you've won the push uh, battle. <laughs> it's now a pull forward. Yes. It's a pull forward. There yeah. we go. No, that, that does make sense. And yes, there are lots of people in this world 
uh, who are doing not just playing, you know, the game that we play on our show, but playing all kinds of fun, nerdy games at home, board games and card games and or just weird other, you know, people, lot, lots of people love doing karaoke at home. Um, yes. And it connects everybody. It connects everybody in, in a family uh, way and in, in neighborhoods and in, uh, in small groups of friends and stuff. And I think that once when we started doing our show uh, and broadcasting it to the world, I think a lot of people saw that. And, and like you were saying, they said like, yeah, that's what that's what we want to do. We want to be part of a, a group that does that's just friends doing stuff together and, and being nerdy together and being silly together and, and sipping on wine or, or whatever you want to sip on. and Out of giant goblets, yes. Giant <laughs> goblets of, of whatever. I was, uh, was going to say, speaking of giant goblets. Yes. I know you, uh, <laughs> yes. you do have quite a large collection. Yes, yes. For people who don't uh, don't already know, on my on on Critical Role on the show, I I tend to drink out of large vessels of uh, of whatever. I had a gigantic mug for our first campaign, and our second campaign, I had increasingly large flasks <laughs> full of uh, booze. The last one, I think, held. I think it was 128 ounces. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Maybe more. It was a lot. It was like a, a half a gallon of, or a gallon of of booze. It's um, very impressive. Yeah. So, uh, so folks may may have already seen. Uh, my character is a mechanical sort of character, and uh, uh, they drink from a an oil can, a gas can, a, a, ga <laughs> a, a gas tank, um, which we had made for campaign three. And oh, it so is, cool. it's, it's this big and, oh my God. and it's, uh, and it can hold any beverage that I want. It's been sort of modified, modded, skinned to be uh, a drinking vessel. And, uh, Incredible. it's pretty cool. Actually, it looks like <laughs> it's, it's like a cool steampunk gas can prop thing. Uh it holds a lot of turkey gravy. That's a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, now for for campaign 2, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you wore every shirt you wore in campaign 1 in the same <laughs> I order. I thought I didn't know that anyone had noticed that, but yes. So, for campaign 3, is it going to be a repeat? I have a very large closet full of clothes and I don't okay. I don't ever throw anything away. And uh, or give anything away. So I have now cataloged hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shirts that I've worn on these on these broadcasts. And uh, it makes my life so much easier because I don't have to decide what to wear on the show. I just I just uh. wear what I wore the last time it was episode three or whatever. That's it, great. The rhythm, the cadence gets off a little bit sometimes because uh in campaign one, I missed some episodes. In campaign two, I couldn't find a couple of shirts. But by and large, all the shirts remain constant. Uh, I wear the same shirt every 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 episode three, whether it's campaign one, two, or three. Oh my god, I love it. That's awesome. Um, but I also I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of long of long running bits. Um, just just sort of in general, like any anything that's like a long setup and payoff, I love. And uh, there was something about doing that in campaign two that I really, I really enjoyed just doing it and not saying anything about it. And and eventually, a couple of our viewers caught on to it um, and figured it out. But like, I, most, I am fully aware that ninety eight percent of the people who watch our show have no idea that I'm doing a bit. But I, <laughs> that makes it even funnier to me. Yeah. The best bits are for ourselves. That's self. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Speaking of like bits for ourselves, like one thing I really loved is this idea that you actually had Liam, uh, you know, you were like, pick the dumbest character you can think of and I'm going to be <laughs> that character. And then like, that was your character for years and four years. years, four and a half four. years or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we started doing uh, Critical Role, our, our origin story sort of uh, is a bit nebulous, but... Um, me and Liam were doing a podcast, not unlike this one, except for the fact that it didn't have any viewers. <laughs> uh, but we we did this show called All, All Work No Play, where we um, we would make excuses to get together and do something fun. 
because otherwise we would only see each other like while we were working or passing by in the audio booth or whatever. So we would do things like get our palms read or we did a curling lesson once. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, rock climbing, that kind of stuff. And one one of our episodes, he was like, why don't we play D&D? And I was like, I've never done that. Uh, it sounds super nerdy, but sure, let's try it. And so he put together this group of people that is now Critical Role um, oh, to play this game. It was kind of for our podcast. It was kind of for our podcast, and it was also sort of because it was his birthday and it was his birthday wish. Um, and we played at, on a lark. We played this game together. And yes, like you're saying, I I didn't know anything about playing the game. And so I just said to him, well, just what's the stupidest character? Uh, <laughs> and he said, it, a bard. And I was like, what's the weakest kind of bard? And he said, a, a, a gnome, maybe? And I was like, great, that's me. I'm in. And then I ended up playing that character, not just on the on the show for many years on the live show, but now I'm... I'm voicing that character in an animated series based <laughs> yeah. on our on our games, and he's going to be a character that's on on billboards and, post <laughs> and posters for uh, this a Amazon Prime primetime animated series, which is just so ridiculous. Um, if you if you want to talk about a long standing bit, yes, oh. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Incredible. Chef's kiss. And you're saying that was your first experience ever with D&D. Did you have any interest in playing before? Or? No, I, I when I, I was growing up, I was uh, I was an actor kid. Um, so I was certainly around nerdy things. But w my group of friends never played D&D growing up. And so the first game I ever played in my entire life was with the members of Critical Role uh, and with Matt as my as my game master. Um, and, and really, honestly, I, I have played a couple of other games with other people since then, but by and large, I've, I've never really played with anybody else other than <laughs> these, these folks. I love, it's like, uh, my first game of basketball was with Jordan and the 92 yeah. Bulls. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It kind of feels that way. It's crazy. So I don't, I, I never, I never had to slog through long campaigns with bad, bad stories or anything because Matt is so amazing. And, um, and I just, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I loved it from, from the first time we ever played. Cause it was sort of like a culmination of all kinds of different things that I loved improv and comedy, but, and acting and writing. Yeah. And also nerdy fantasy stuff and, uh, hanging out with friends and sipping wine. All, all these things <laughs> combined made, made yeah. for a great night. Yeah, it does seem like you're saying like the culmination of everything that that makes you you and everything that that you enjoy, you know, Broadway and VO and everything else in between, just being able to put that into one creative vessel totally. with your besties and just hang out and sip totally. gigantic, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, mugs totally. of wine. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you're and you're right. Like I, I I grew up singing and stuff too, and my character sang my first character anyway sang for his magic his magic was like casting magical musical spells so i got to sing a lot it was it was kind of like what you're saying it was the culmination of every everything that had been leading up to that moment oh that's incredible yeah i want to talk a little bit about the amazon show congratulations sure. on that and and i believe they ordered two seasons which is they fantastic did. what are some of the challenges uh of taking such a long form these long form episodes uh, that, that you guys do for Critical Role on Twitch and kind of packaging them into an animated format that is, it's can't be three hours at sure, a clip. What sure, sure. What, what are some challenges? Yeah, I mean, um, like, yeah, like, like you said, our, our streaming show on Twitch is, is between three and four hours long each episode and there's hundreds of episodes per campaign. So the, ca the first campaign that we're making into the Legend of Vox Machina animated series has something like 360 hours of content Ooh, that we wow. have that we have to boil down somehow into the fir uh, first season is is 12 22 minute episodes so it's oh, it's, wow. it's a lot a lot of squeezing but yeah we kind of liken it to taking a a big novel or series of novels and adapting them for television there's just a lot of stuff that you that you just completely cut out um a lot of characters that get left on the cutting room floor and or characters that uh, two characters get combined into one or two epic battles become one epic battle just just in the interest of 
hitting the same story beats that we, we, we want to hit all the same story beats, um, the, the big moments that our fans, the critters are going to be expecting. But also we've got to tell a story that moves and keeps moving and is, is motivated and stuff. So yes, a lot of cutting is, is probably the most challenging part. But then also this, this other thing, when we play our game weekly, a lot of what happens uh, story-wise is, de is decided by a, a, the roll of a dice. It's kind of, it's up to the fates. If we roll high, we succeed. If we roll low, it's a big failure. Uh, and in narrative storytelling, scripted television, it doesn't work that yeah. way. Like that, that, <laughs> that, that, that true, detecti true detective, uh, Matthew McConaughey is rolling to see whether or not <laughs> yeah. they're going to catch something. Like, yeah, you need a character, you need your characters to like work towards a goal, fail along the way and then succeed yeah. at the end. And it can't, it just can't be random. Mm -hmm. So, so we had to, to bake some of those moments of like surprise and shock into the script, but it, it couldn't just happen based on a, a dice roll. It had yeah. to, all those moments sort of had to be earned or foreshadowed or, uh, or be tied to a big emotional crisis or emotional moment for each character. So it was it was fleshing out a lot of the same story moments that we had, but just making them more real and more more of an emotional payoff rather than just a a, a roll of of luck. Wow. And then also, you know, we're making it for a more mainstream audience. Um, and so we're we're trying to make sure that uh, people who don't know what critical role is, people who have never played a tabletop role playing game can still enjoy it um, and uh, enjoy the show without without that sort of barrier to entry. So we're, we're trying not to use too many complicated fantasy terms, or if we do, we explain them pretty quickly um, <laughs> or, or make them entertaining in some way so that uh, folks who just like pretty cartoons can tune in and be like, oh, this is fun yeah. and, and, <laughs> and not be lost. One of the things I really enjoy is there's kind of this meta thing happening where it's like you guys are your characters, but there's also like you guys are also friends. And there's yeah. so there's kind of stuff like, you know, Matt being like, oh, all right, so, sure, you know, sure. whatever, you know, is there is there was there any kind of attempt to capture that or were you able to at all in this Amazon show or or throw in some Easter eggs uh, uh, for for the critters that critters are really going to be like oh yeah oh that's a cool thing uh, and and how did you kind of go about doing that yeah well for sure there's going to be Easter eggs uh, a, a plenty awesome yeah um, but you're totally right like part of the fun of our Thursday night shows is. Not just following the characters in the story, but it's also sort of seeing us goof around with each other mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah. and make each other laugh. And obviously, we can't have our characters in an animated series like break the fourth wall and be like, "Oh, what an what an asshole" or whatever. So, um, so instead, what we did was we we put some of that sort of uh, loving banter and, and the, those friendship moments. We put them into the show as character moments. Mm -hmm. So the, the characters in the show are, are best friends with each other and they tease each other and rib each other, um, much like we do at the table. And so you'll still get that camaraderie and, and feeling of, of goofballery uh, as, you, as you watch. And then, yes, there are baked in a few uh, subtle nods to what happens at the table. I, I don't want to give anything away, but there's there's visual things that folks will will pick up on that they will notice from <laughs> from the, the Twitch show. There's also um, phrases sort of uh, peppered in that we we may repeat a lot at the table that make their way into the animated series and you know for the folks who who don't pick up on that stuff it'll still be entertaining but uh but for the hardcore uh friends who have been watching since the beginning they'll they'll hopefully catch on to those and uh and I don't know do a shot every time they, they see them. <laughs> it'll be the it'll be a new drinking game totally there we go out of out totally. of only large vessels mhm mm kind of a requirement <laughs> i hope so yeah but that it's got to be really wild to kind of see everything Coming together, you know, again, for something that it was an excuse to get friends together and just hang out for a for a birthday hangout, for a podcast. It's very surreal. It's very surreal. Uh, and and every once in a while, like we try to keep each other uh, sort of gra grounded a bit, like the the members of, of our little troop. 
every once in a while, we have this epic text thread that's been going on for, you know, years and years <laughs> oh, and years. And every, oh every once in a while, someone will drop a picture uh, in the text thread of just us at home playing before we before we even were broadcasting. Um, just at one of our apartments, Liam actually sent uh, a clip to us last week of in the middle of a, of a game that we played over at Laura and Travis's house years ago, Laura and Liam had a had a slap competition where they tried to slap each other as hard as, oh as hard as they could and see if they could resist it. And it was uh, it was just stupid friends doing doing stupid friend things. But but uh, you know remembering back to to how how we began uh, is always important. And we we try to check in with each other all all the time and make sure that. It's not going to our head that we're not becoming uh, too big for our britches. And, and at the heart of this is just a bunch of friends who like to hang out to each, uh, with each other. And we're fortunate that we get to do that on a, on a bigger and bigger stage. But uh, we're, we're still just buds who, who like to, to goof off together. And, and that's what we hope it will be for, for as long as it can be. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. I feel like kind of like in a poker game everyone has like a tell mm-hmm. kind of like you know like what what are what's your tell how how do the other cast members know that you have something to say or what are some of the other cast members tells well i mean like liam we know we we know he's he's uh willing and able to get uh to get emotional and to get real and and um to drop sort of truth bombs uh, and really do some acting. So, so when you're doing a, a, a scene with Liam or something, uh, everyone sort of is on, on the edge of their seat, you know, cause they have to be a good actor to, to, to hang with him. And uh, Travis is always going to kind of be the, the instigator uh, trying to push the story forward and trying to get us into trouble uh, <laughs> or start a fight whenever, whenever he can. Um, Laura is constantly looking for any innuendo, anything that she can turn into a, a poop joke or a butt joke or a fart joke or anything. So like, you know, there, there's those, there's those things that we're sort of used to. I don't know what my tells are because I don't, I, I don't have any. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I think I'm just well-rounded in general. Take sip from giant gas can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the only tell that they've figured out for me now is is uh, oftentimes I'll wear a T-shirt with um, Matt's face on it <laughs> just to make him ang- angry with me. Uh, I find like the worst pictures of Matt and print them on T-shirts. And so whenever they see me come in wearing a hoodie or a zip up <laughs> anything, they they know now that there's something underneath it and they they know not to ask. I love um, that. But that's that's about it. Yeah. But if we can talk about the bells and whistles a little bit. Oh, yes. Uh, sure, sure. This set glow up. Mm-hmm, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Oh, yeah, we just, uh, so um, Marisha and the production team spent several months uh, working on improving our studio setup. Yes. Uh, our studio was already great. We had an amazing table, lights, cameras, uh, microphones, all that great stuff. Uh, cool music, but um, but now we've sort of taken that to the next level. And Matt, our game master, sort of had this dream as a kid uh, about this space where his imagination could become real. And so Marisha and the and the production team sort of went about making it. And we consulted with theme park designers. Wow. And, <laughs> 
uh, interior designers and all kinds of technicians, lighting technicians, um, experts in their field to make this new set for campaign three, which is so cool when Matt says like, okay, you're now delving into a dungeon filled with bubbling, broil roiling lava. You can hear the lava Aww, and so then cool. you can, the, the lights all shift and become sort of red hued. And then you can see like little, little fire embers oh. behind, behind us. Uh, it's so oh cool. God. And he's got it all on this button system so that like he can just hit. Oh hit a button and it'll all change. And now we're underwater and it's all blue and there's bubbles yeah. everywhere. And it's um, it's very immersive, very cool. And and we're still not over it. Every time every time a shift happens, we're like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening now? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. For, a bunch, of, so for cool. a bunch of really, you know, truly just creatives who just love mm -hmm. to, you know, perform and have a vessel for creation. What an incredible sandbox that you all have oh. now. Just to just to mess yeah. around and, and play in. That's so that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really makes it. It was already fun, but it, it makes it even more exciting. And every time we finish a game, we all just sit there at the table for a few minutes afterwards. Like, oh man, can we just keep? Can, let's can just keep going just a little <laughs> bit longer, maybe a half hour longer, maybe. Uh, what's got you inspired these days? What are you watching? What are you listening oh, to? Oh. What, what what's got you excited? I'm trying to think like what inspires me these days. Um, I honestly think the the thing that inspires me most these days is TikTok videos of people cleaning very very dirty pools. Uh, so whoa. there's there's this sub niche of TikTok video. Are you both on tick on the TikToks? Are yeah. you I I watch. I don't make. Yes, a, I, yet, I, watch, I watch. I don't participate, but I will. I will back you up in saying anything with a pressure washer. Sign yeah. me up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So satisfying. So, well, there's a subsection of TikTok where, and it's not just cleaning pools, uh, as, as Sonny said, like there's, there's a whole section of people like restoring things, cleaning things, sandblasting things. But I found a, a niche where it's like, you'll see a disgusting pool that hasn't been cleaned in four years. And there's a guy who's like, well, I got to clean this pool. <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll show you step-by-step step how he cleans it. But then by the end of the three minute TikTok video, Mm. sparkling clean <laughs> so pool it's so satisfying it's so gratifying in just three minutes you just feel like a new person and i don't i don't own a pool <laughs> i'm not even a big swimmer but i just love them i can't get i enough. just appreciate <laughs> the cleanliness there's other people who go to like um yard sales and they'll buy old crappy furniture and restore oh. it on on a TikTok and that's also nice not quite as nice as a pool cleaning video not though. quite as nice but I have I will <laughs> say I've seen one TikTok where somebody picked up this old kind of like lattice back wire chair and it was rusted uh -huh. and it was awful and Again, in the span of such a short TikTok, the oh, pressure nice. washing, the repainting, oh. and then they laid down the back and planted seeds. So then, what? I know, so then plants started to grow up through the back and it just, it looked so beautiful. And I'm amazing. like, that was like, what, $10? Oh, amazing. I, I don't think you can watch TikTok for, for longer than an hour and not think, why? I, I think I want to go live in my van. I think I can, <laughs> I can trick out my van like they do on uh -huh. TikTok and make it like super cool, a super cool camper. I think I could do mm -hmm. it. The van dwelling thing is an interesting thing too. Like I think I like the nomadic lifestyle. There's something about like, I don't know, like the open road yeah. or, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. I mean, have you, have you guys been on tour? Have you ever gone like on tour? Have you been on a tour? Like where I you've have. been driving on a bus? Like I, as a child, I was in a, I was in a touring production of Les Miserables and I, I toured the country in a bus and truck tour <laughs> for 20, 26 cities in a year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. amazing. What was that touring life like? How old were you? Oh, well, I was only uh, 12, I started when I was 12 and 13 years old, which wow. was such Whoa. a cool, cool time to be on tour. Um, I mean, for me, it was amazing. Yeah. I got to see the world, see America. Uh, I got to hang out with grownups, but not just grownups. These are like theater grownups. So they're, they're wild, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're dancers and they're beautiful and, um, and singers and, uh, and, and, and we got to go on all over the country with them, going to theme parks in every, every, uh, different 
city we went to, I would also visit um, one of the guys on the tour. Uh, got me into comic book collecting, and so we would Aww. go to uh, a comic book. Uh, in every city, we'd go to their comic book shop and oh, that's that's so cool. fun. check out what they had and and buy anything rare that was interesting to us. And I was also thirteen, and I was being paid handsomely to be on the, on this tour, so I had all this money. So I was bu- I was buying all yes. these comic books. Um, and I would, that's all I did for a year was just read comic books and go to theme parks. Oh, wow. Do you still have them? Oh yeah. I, I say, I, I got them all. Half of them are in my wife's dad's house in Virginia. And then I, I have a bunch <laughs> here too. I was going to say for somebody who has kept an entire campaign's worth of, of shirts, yeah. I feel, I feel like <laughs> something as valuable as that is not I going have, anywhere. I got, I got some, I got some right here. Oh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what I got. Oh, Ooh, what do we got? Is that, is that Fantastic got? Four number one? Oh, I think it oh, is. Oh, oh my God. Hello. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you, just, did you just casually open a cabinet and pull out Fantastic Four number one? It's in one? terrible condition, guys. Terrible. But oh, it's, my. But it's know. my favorite. <gasps> I love how it is, like, encased Unreal. and protected, as it should be. It's The whole cover is ripped off the top. It's terrible. But, but it's yours. But it's mine. That's I yours. Love it. I love it so much. <laughs> and it's FF yeah, number one, yeah, that's dude. Insane. That's and again, I love how you're like, oh, oh, this closet right here. <laughs> oh, this whole thing. Hold on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was amazing. What just happened? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I don't get. I don't talk to a lot of people who care about this stuff. So it's, uh, you're oh in the right God. place. So, do you still collect comics? Do you have? Any faves these days that you're following? Uh, I don't collect anymore. I, the, the ones that I read these days are ones that I read with or to my children. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, like, we read Bone and we read uh, oh, Lumber, Lumberjanes. Um, Ooh, Lumberjanes, I don't know. Oh, that's Noelle Stevenson. She also did, uh, or they also did, uh, Nimona. Nimona is a graphic novel, which is really yeah, yep. cool. I read Why the Last Man recently. Gearing up for the disappointing television show. Oh no! I know. <laughs> I know. It's just some some things, and this is this is the interesting thing. It's like, so when it comes to the critical role, the Amazon series, I'm really looking forward to it. Partly because it's animated, so it's in a different format than I'm used to watching Critical Role. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that. Like, I think it's going to be uh, like a, an elevation kind of, you know, a distilled, elevated form. But when it comes to comic books, I'm such a huge comic book fan. When it comes to comic books made into shows, I'm kind of like, comics are already storyboards. Yeah. And in my mind, it's kind of the same thing, but way better than it's going to ever be on TV. So it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, we interviewed Robert Kirkman. Oh, cool. And I would, yeah, really great. Like one, But one of the very few exceptions, I would say, is the Invincible cartoon, which I love the comic. And I thought that the animated series was yeah. really great also. Yes. And they maintain the, the same style and, yeah, and the brutality yeah. of it. it the, oh, show, the show is so man. good. So good. So good and crazy. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's so great just in terms of like the way he's always thinking like on another higher level. So it's really cool to talk to him yeah. about that stuff and why he, why he made all the bad guys have mustaches. It's <laughs> uh, my Ooh, favorite I thing. Didn't, I didn't I even fake up on that. V- Viltrumites, man. They all got, there's even that reveal of like, I don't know if you remember in the comic where the old man pulls down his beard and he's just got a mustache. You're and like, like no! fuck. He's one of the bad guys. God damn it. I love it. Uh, Yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, I mean, that's that's so great. And again, like, you know, the Amazon show is going to be so fantastic for Critical Role. Yeah. I'm I'm excited, too, just because it's another way for people to discover these characters and these stories. And like my one of my goals for the animated series is I would love it. I would love to meet someone in a couple of years or a year who's like, oh man, I love your show. It's so good. And for me to say like, oh, were you a fan of of the Twitch show? And I, I want someone to be like, there's a Twitch show? Uh, like, ah, yeah. like, like I want people to just discover it who don't know anything about it and just think that's the whole thing. And, and you're like, yeah. boy, oh boy. Do I <laughs> yeah. have additional content for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's an if. I think it's a when. So, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah, and congratulations again. Well, listen, Sam, we're almost out of time, I hate to say, but we love to end every interview asking our guest, 
uh, their their favorite uh, uh, thing and their least favorite thing. For you, because you're a comic book fan, I would love to ask you, what is your least favorite comic character and your most favorite? Whoa. So not not like the best, not like objectively in the world favorite. the best. Least favorite to you and either the one that broke your heart, the most disappointing, or just enrages you, and then the one that you love the dear. So let's start with bad and then we'll go to good. Starting with bad. Boy, oh boy. That's tough. That's a tough one. You're 13. You're on tour. You're spending your last 20 yeah. on this. You just got back just, from Six oh. Flags. You're picking up this comic <laughs> book. I mean, I... I, I, this, it's not true. It's not true, but I, I hate the X-Men. <laughs> but I mean, like, they're not the worst. Obviously there's worse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Obviously there's worse. Yeah. I just have always hated the X-Men. I <laughs> just, why? I don't know why. I don't get it. Everything I should like about, it, they should, I should like them. I sh- they're a group of different people who are downtrodden outcasts. They're they're funny. They're interesting. They don't get along. They do get along. Everything I like about <laughs> about comics, I should like about it. But I think I think it's because I got into Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I think I, I got into that first and early when I started to read the X Men. I think a part of me. As a child, was like, oh, I think this is better. <laughs> and so, and so, but I was so into Fantastic Four at that point that I didn't want it to be better. So I was just like, you know what? No, it's awful. I hate it. <laughs> I hate the X Men. They're they're wanna be Fantastic Four. There we go. But I think a I think a small part of me respects that it's probably better than Fantastic Four. Oh, to protect I, your heart. Yeah, to protect I your my heart. heart. Yeah. That's so fair. I think I, I grew up hating the X Men. Um, uh, and then, but the character that I love most in all of comic books is is Gru the Wanderer. Aww. Yeah, do you know? Do you know Gru? Sergio, is that Sergio uh, Aragonis? Yeah, Aragonis. Yes. Uh, yeah, he yeah he was on. Uh, he had a comic on. I don't know, Dark Horse or Epic. I, or, I don't know. It was it was a, one of those. It was an indie, but then he did. Then he then he got moved over to Marvel or something. I don't know. But it was so. It's such a good. He's a real dumb sword fighter. Um, with a dog named Roberto, and he's just super dumb, and he loves killing things, oh. and that's the it's a very easy easy conceit. And I loved reading those comics growing up because there was always a hidden secret message in all of um, in all of the comic books. Uh-huh. Whoa, um, really? Yeah, uh, uh, and it, the secret message just said, "This is the secret message," oh. and it was it, it was hidden in every every cutting right to the issue. chase. Yeah, okay. brilliant. <laughs> Um, and, and he was, uh, yeah, I was just, he's a big, dumb, big, dumb, uh, swordsman. I love it. I love him. (laughs) Oh my God. You got, you know what? As an homage, you should hide a secret message in like the opening to the critical Uh. role credits or something as a, as a testament to Gru. On the bottom of the gas canister. This is a secret message. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good idea. There you go. Oh, man. Well, Sam, thank you so much. This is such a thrill. Congrats mm-hmm. again on, on the Amazon show. And you know what? Screw the X-Men. There yeah. we go. Yeah. We can say Overrated. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. This is great. Well, thank you to Sam for joining us. And make sure to check out uh, the third campaign of Critical Role on YouTube and Twitch at twitch.tv slash Critical Role. Yes, campaign three, baby. Uh, And stick around. We're going to take a quick, tiny, teensy little break, but we're going to be right back. So I'll see you in a sec. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome back. Glad you stuck around. Uh, I thought it was time. We started our book game club, our game book club a little bit ago, and we were kicking it off with Bioshock Infinite. 
Why don't we do a little check-in? Yeah. I want to see where everybody's at. I, I really am really excited about this because we all, we talked about this last time where we all have very different backgrounds from Bioshock. So I don't know. I kind of want to see where we're at. What's up? What's good? Uh, well, you know, I this is my second playthrough. And it's mm-hmm. also coming off the back of the other two Bioshock games. So I'm playing all three straight through. And, you know, Bioshock is one of my favorite franchises of all time. I I was on this playthrough. It's really interesting playing it again, like watching a movie and knowing the end. Mm. Really fun, the Easter eggs, even from the very beginning that you start with um, that, that are kind of sprinkled in. I'm having a great time uh, loving those, things I didn't notice. I'm taking my time a bit more. It's also a lot harder than I remember because <laughs> uh, I'm getting my ass kicked by every turret six ways from Sunday. Uh, cool. Jen, what do you think? I am so glad you said that because I feel this, I am so bad at it. I, <laughs> I've, I've played, I'm about probably two hours into the story and I also realized I've never really played a first-person shooter. Oh, Mm. interesting. Um, Okay. How do you feel so far then? This is going to make me sound like an old lady, but it made me nauseous at first. (laughs) Yeah, that happens to me. But, and so I was kind of iffy, honestly, about it, just because like my favorite games are Last of Us, Uncharted, all those third person, and I just like that aesthetic. So it took me a while to warm up to, but the part that got me that I was all in is when you are in the, you do the flying hooks through the city. And uh, then you're like shooting people from the, I don't know all the technical terms, but you're just like zooming around that. I, that's once, what it is. Shooting, shooting people is the technical term. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> once that happened and I was like navigating that, I was all in. I was like, okay, this game's cool. So now I'm, I'm excited and getting into it more. Oh, that's super fun. I know. I, so I'm just starting. I'm just kicking off. And you played the others. I have. But never this I have. One. Yeah. I love the previous Bioshock games. They're probably one of my favorite series. Um, but and I, I remember a while ago I played the 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 grappling hook kind of situation really brought me back to I think I have played the beginning part of this, but I just never finished it. I don't remember like anything about it. But Jen, you you're playing on Switch, right? Yeah. I had no idea it was even available on Switch. So I went to download it, mm-hmm. realized uh, your girl needs an SD card upgrade. Classic. So, yeah, so uh, everything is downloaded and fine. I'm going to be kicking it off this week, and I am stoked to finally get into this game again. The, the thing is, with Bioshock games in particular, I think that I found that it's a balance between weapons and powers. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't quite figured out like my, the combos I like to use. What are some of the what are some of the powers now? Like what are you like using? My go-to is just sending the crows. <laughs> that is fun. I'm just like you guys are on it. Go guys. Go team. The crows <laughs> are great. It. And and by the way, in BioShock 2, late in the game, I figured out that a similar thing, the bees. There's a plasmid with oh, bees. I wanted to ask that. Are they so is it not in this one? I remember I remember bees in Bioshock 2, and that was honestly one of my favorites. I can't remember if there are bees later, but the crows are a similar thing where, like, yeah. I found in Bioshock 2 and in, and in Bioshock Infinite, it the reason why I love the bees and why I love the crows is, like, especially when you're fighting in Bioshock 2, the big daddies, you can zap them, and then they'll, they'll kind of freeze for a second. Uh, but... And there's other like these kind of big ape hulking guys and you could use fire on those guys, whatever. But the bees cut across all lines and everything <laughs> hates bees in Bioshock 2. <laughs> and and in, I, real life. And yeah. in real life. And if I remember correctly, I think that's true with the crows in Bioshock Infinite. I'm interested to see as we go further into the game, if the crows just cut across every <laughs> enemy because you Everyone just send them. in the crows. Send in the crows. <laughs> Get them, crows. The, the crows <laughs> and the bees. Well, I'm glad that we got a check-in. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, how our opinions shape as we get a little deeper in. But uh, it seems like some of y'all got some opinions out there, too. On Twitter, a few of you guys hit us up and were giving us a little update for where you're at. Um, Polly Object on Twitter says, I just finished my second playthrough as I played when it first dropped. Uh, great art style, super fun mechanics, compelling story and characters make for a really memorable third game in the trilogy. 
And that ending. Yeah, everyone, the ending is so built up in my mind because people are tweeting this. So mm-hmm. A's, uh, Aaron's eyebrows are going crazy right now. I don't know what to expect. Uh, it's great. Okay. <laughs> um, I love it. That's it. Also on Twitter, uh, at Largo Sensei said, urgent decision needed. Do I play this at 4K60 or on the uh, 1080p 144 monitor? Somebody give me a ruling. What? By the way, uh, what is your guy? What are your guys' rulings on 60, you know, 60 frames a second versus 30? You know, I'm I'm just gonna be playing on Switch, so I feel like I don't have much of a much of an opinion. Whatever gives you the smoothest experience, because yes. you don't want to like jack up all the settings and then it's choppy and it's just not an enjoyable experience. So yeah, whatever, whatever is the smoothest, right? Personal preference. I say no. Oh, I, no, oh. I'm not into the 60 frames per Let's second. hear it. Let's. I hear don't it. like it. It's too smooth. Oh, it's okay. too smooth for me. It's too smooth. Is it kind of like where I don't know what it's called, but on TV shows and like soap operas and stuff, where it has that effect where it's almost too real. It's like pan, HD pan and, and it looks fake. But yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. The pan and scan kind of a thing. Or yeah. Whatever. Is that yeah. is that kind of a similar? Pan, well, maybe vibe? pan and scan is a different thing. But but yeah. I mean, like where it looks like unreal. That's why I don't like it. It's too smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd okay. rather have yeah. I'd rather have normal frame rate for that. Well, there you go. And we got Dan Mitch ninety six says this game is good. I love the barbershop quartet. Not to mention the nifty powers on the back of a shared universe with other Bioshocks. Amazing. Yeah. And again, I think one of the strongest things uh, about this game is the music. Oh, for sure. I mean, that kind of plays through every Bioshock. I agree. All the music is so good. Yeah, but really, really fun stuff for the music in this game. So as you're playing, uh, be aware of that. Especially also because it's such a um, like sunny setting, but the Mm. music has such this like menacing tone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dark, and that's one of my favorite things too is I feel like isn't done enough in games or in pop culture. Like bright sunshine can be really creepy. Like it can be very creepy and it's easy to make something creepy in an underwater city in the dark, a leaky underwater city. It's much harder to do it in a floating city in the sky and they, I think, accomplished it in Bioshock Infinite. For sure. Well, I'm excited to play more. Yeah, Game Book Club continues, so uh, mm. we'll we'll keep rocking on Bioshock Infinite. So hit us up uh, on Twitter at Good Game Nice Try uh, and use hashtag Game Book Club and let us know how your Bio Infinite Bioshock Infinite game is progressing. Otherwise, that's gonna do it uh, for this week, kids. We did it. It was that fast. It was that fast. That's what? right. Uh, oh you know, gosh. you know what they say: time flies. You're having fun, Aww. or if you're about to fall asleep on a weed gum. I know. Yep. <laughs> One of the two. Telling you, it's the only way to get topside. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. Solid advice. Good Game, Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Leal. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Beckton, with engineering and sound design by Chester Guasta. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. And a very special thanks to Lisa Berm. Music, as always, by John Danik. Danik, 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 Danik. <laughs> we both we both went there. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.